Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 240 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This episode is part two of an interview with Coach Barry Henson. As I said in episode 239, part one of the interview, Coach Henson has coached basketball from high school to Division I for 40 years. There's a lot more about Barry in the show notes of this episode. I invite you to go back and listen to last week's episode and hear all the great information and insight Coach Henson gives to the student-athletes and parents. This episode flies through NCAA rules, family decisions, the importance of getting the right college fit, what Coach Henson watches for in a high school or club game, and how to prepare for college, and much, much more. So if you're driving, you may want to pull over because Barry is a fast talker, and I don't want you to miss anything. Barry, what do you have to tell us about what student-athletes should know about NCAA recruiting rules? You can't fathom how many rule changes there are during a year for the NCAA. It is a constant battle, and someone that is involved in the student-athlete's life, whether it be a parent, a relative, or a friend, has to be educated and has to do the very best. And there's enough written material out there that the NCAA provides. There's enough written material out there that is sent to each counselor's office every year prior to the school year starting. So, you know, Don Chaney once said, education is the poor man's savior. And I'm a firm believer of that. You have to educate yourself. If you want to be successful, education is the key, regardless of what you want to do. Now, sometimes the NCA, you have to be kind of a part-time lawyer to understand what they're talking about. No, that's you're, you're exactly right. And that's why, you know, I go back to what I said, principals, counselors, and coaches, it's hard for them to understand this. And you have to get as much guidance as you can. There's guidance available, as I said, through the NCAA. The NCAA will have a hotline where you can also call and have direct communication with somebody at the organization in Indianapolis that will help you. And most institutions in which you would like to attend can guide you through the process as well. How did, have you used official visits and unofficial visits through the years? Well, it's all, it all depends on the individual and all depends on the family. A lot of it depends on the location. Uh, also, the economic, socioeconomic status jumps into this as well as anything, if you have a family that uh, can't afford to do a home visit uh, that's from out of state or whatever, then, you know, we've gone the virtual route. Uh, We used to do a cam, a webcam. Now we don't even do that. We do FaceTime or we can do like we're doing tonight is Zoom. But the thing is that the first of all, the connection's got to be made. A family has to really decide. And when I say family, preferably the student athlete has to decide where he or she wants to go to school, not mom and dad. Because here's what happens when mom and dad, most of the time when they force a student athlete to go where they want them to go, they're going to have to go through this process again another time because it's not going to work out. Everybody has to be on the same page. The student athlete's decision where they want to play and where they want to be is the question that needs to be answered by the student athlete. And then they need to get together all on the same page. So the first thing is, and you know, student athletes are doing this all the time. We're recruiting a young man right now that is going to narrow his choices down 
to five schools. Well, okay, five schools. The average official visits in the NCAA is 2.4 visits. Most young men and young ladies don't want to take all five visits. When you take all five official visits, you become very confused, and then you start hurting people's feelings. And the best way to do this is always to be upfront with whomever's recruiting you. And a lot of times this needs to be the parent in this regard because student athletes, they're just not comfortable at telling a head coach. And we're good at what we do. We're good at selling. I was one of these guys that I will always wanted to be either the first or the last visit. It depended on the family. One of the things that I did in the recruiting visits is I sit down with the mother and father and I told them, all of the bad stuff that I could think of. I just put it out there. I said, your son will call his freshman year and want to come home. He'll want to quit. He'll want to stop. He doesn't like basketball anymore. He doesn't like school anymore. 99% of those guys will call and tell you that they want to come home. And I would tell the parents this, how you respond to that phone call will determine your son's life and his path forever. And I believe that. I believed it in my heart. So I always said that. Your son's going to want to come home. They're going to want to transfer. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And I was up front with them. They're going to get mad at me. I would tell them in my meeting with them face-to-face, I'll never hit your son. I'll never, you know, say bad things to your son where I feel like that I'm verbally abusing. But I am going to treat your son just like I would my own two daughters. I'm going to give them tough love. I'm going to give them discipline. And getting a degree is non-negotiable. They are going to get a degree. If you have no desire to get a degree, then you don't need to come here. If you want your son to start, then he's going to have to earn it. If you want me to sit here tonight or this afternoon or this morning and tell you that your son is going to be a starter in our program, then I cannot tell you that. And if any head coach tells you that, you need to run immediately as fast as you can away from that program because anybody that guarantees that is not telling the truth. There are no guarantees. You got to find the right fit, don't you? You know, it's really important because, you know, Brent, one of the things we used to talk about with the parents and the student athlete, you know, and we would laugh about it. I said, you got to decide if you want to be married to me. They go, huh? I said, we're going to be married. We're going to be married for maybe five years. And you got to think about that. And I would look at the parents and say, do you understand? I am going to see your son more than you for the next four to five years. He's going to spend, there's 365 days a year. Your son is going to be here out of 52 weeks. Your son is going to be with me 45 of those weeks. I mean, that's, and it's hard. And then that's the other thing that we would bring up in recruiting. And, you know, can you handle this? Uh, Your son's from uh, Tennessee and now you're going to have the empty nest. And can you handle this? Or, Kyan Brown that played for me when I was at Oral Roberts University from Ketchikan, Alaska. I mean, you have to just go through all of this that it has to be a good fit. And that's why I always said the bad stuff at first, Brent, because I felt like, you know, we need to talk about this. And I, I, I'll never forget people would say, well, can you promise me this? Nope. I just, nope. And they just laugh. I said, well, I can't promise you. I'd like to. I mean, I really think your son will be able to do this. I really think he'll be able to, but I'm not going to promise you that. I, I don't know that. I would not be recruiting your son right now if I didn't think he could do those things. But I can't promise you, nor can I guarantee you. I told him this. I promise you, I'll treat you like my own two daughters. And that's 
I promise you that's what I'll do. You talked about the relationship with the head coach. Uh, there's also a relationship with your, with your assistant coaches too, that they have to factor in. Well, you know, most recruiting Brent in this, in these days, there are a few head coaches out there that are really recruiting head coaches. But once you get to the season, it's really hard. I've always kind of compared it or used the analogy. Head coaches are bullpen pitchers. Assistants are starting pitchers. And sometimes if the starting pitcher does so well, you never need to go to the bullpen. So the real relationship in most recruiting ventures comes from the student athlete and that assistant. The relationship with a head coach starts upon the arrival on campus. You know, we talked about Devin Mitchell earlier. Devin was a player for us at Southwest Missouri State. I spent most of my time recruiting Devin just myself. You just, it, it just depends kind of on the circumstances. Uh, my favorite Missouri State story is when we played uh, on national television. Uh, we played at uh, the Mecca in Milwaukee. We won on national television. We were celebrating the locker room. I said, guys, do you understand? The place that we just played is where Lou Alcindor played. Do you realize what a big deal that is? And they're all looking at me like they have no clue what I'm talking about. And they go, you know, kid raises his hand and says, hey, coach, who's Lou Alcindor? I said, okay, I'm sorry. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played in this building. You know, you just forget sometimes what kids do and don't know. And, you know, it's in all honesty, it's the beauty and why I love coaching so much is what they teach us. What are you as a coach looking for whenever you do get a hold of a, a player uh, by phone or maybe a personal uh, visit with them? What do you what are you wanting to hear or see from the player? Well, several things. Are they uh, do they look at you in the eye? Do they know how to speak? Can they carry on a conversation? Are they a type A personality? Are they a type B personality? This is one of the things, uh, Brent, that we did with all of our student athletes. Uh, Joe Bell Hopper was our uh, academic coordinator. And we started this, I think, our second or third year that I was at Southwest Missouri. And we tested all of our student athletes. We gave them a handwriting exam or a handwriting analysis. And we also gave them a learning style exam. Uh, there's three ways that you learn. You can learn by visual. You can learn by verbal. Or you can learn what's called kinesthetic, which is a hands-on learning process. And we would, uh, we would test all of our players. You know, it went back. You could call a timeout. And you could talk to them until you're blue in the face. And if the kid's visual and you don't draw anything up on the board, uh, your marker board where they can see they don't understand. There's some guys that didn't understand like that. Tamar Macklin wasn't visual, nor was he verbal. He was kinesthetic. And he also, uh, you know, had a touch of ADD. So you'd have to literally grab him, grab his arm, and just say, you're going there. This is what play we're running. Focus, focus. People used to get upset at me when I would clap my hands together right before his free throw. But what they didn't know, it was – our way of making him focus on what we wanted him to do. And you, you find that all out through testing. So I, I think hopefully if parents can figure these things out during the process, that will help them a tremendous amount when they get their own campus. But when I, when I visit with a young man, whether it's on the phone or whether it's in person, how committed are they? And I, I you know, your family for years was in the business of selling cars. And I would, I would think that you could probably find out in the first minute of conversation with that person, were they really there to buy a car or were they just kind of looking? You know, you could figure that out. Good salespeople know and you figure it out. And then I think a better question is, is what would we look for when we went to watch them play? And this is what parents need to, I think this is what parents need to understand. This is what I would do. I would go into the facility and I would get in there early. 
most times I couldn't because I was either coming from practice or driving or whatever, but I would get there early enough to watch the warm up. I wanted to watch him warm up and see how did he warm up? Was he warming up to impress the cheerleaders or the fans? Was he trying to be too cool for school or was he really warm up? I looked at his body language. Was he focused? Was he intent? Was he ready to go? If he was a captain, how did he greet the opponent's captains at midcourt? How did he react to an official's call? How did he react to a coach getting on him or summoning? The first bucket that that person scored, I immediately looked up in the stands and tried to figure out who his parents were. If I didn't, most of the time I knew, but if I didn't know, I found it. And then I would watch that young man and his parents the entire game. Rarely, when my assistants would call me, now this day we didn't have text, they would call and eventually text that asked me what the score would be, and I would literally have to look at the scoreboard to find out because I didn't watch anything but the individual. When he was on the bench, did he cheer for his teammates? Was he tuned into the game? When he got a bad call, did he pout? Did he throw a fit? Did he roll his eyes? How was he with the opponent? How was he with the opponent's coach? How did the parents act in the stand? Because the thing is, we talked earlier on the podcast, we were married. So I'm getting not only this young man, but I'm also getting his family. And I want to know, is this kid a mama's boy? Is he baby? His mom and dad see that he does make mistakes. He needs to be coached. I did not sign a kid out of Chicago when I was at Southern Illinois because his dad asked me what his son needed to do to get better at. I said, your son is a phenomenal three-point shooter. But if he's never going to get in a defensive stance, he will never play a minute for me. He can shoot that ball every time he's open, if he's set and ready, because that's how much confidence I have in him as a shooter. But I'm telling you right now, if he has no regard for defense, he can't play for me. <laughs> he went to Oakland. But I go back to what I said earlier. But I tell them everything up front because my greatest fear was this. And I don't think a parent could ever tell you this, that any of their sons played for me. Coach didn't tell me that in the recruiting process. I tried to tell them everything that I could and every bad thing that I could so that they could never come back and say, well, you never told me this. Well, and you didn't have too many bad things to tell them though, did you? No, because I was fortunate, Brent, because I worked, I worked at great universities. I lived in unbelievable communities. Springfield, Missouri and the surrounding areas was probably one of the greatest places that I've ever lived. Carbondale, Illinois was as comforting because of the people and the blue collar work ethic that I ever around. I loved Lawrence, Kansas. But I loved it, and now I'm back home at where I went to university, uh, Oklahoma State University in Stillwater. So everywhere I've been, I've been very fortunate. And then also the other thing, the reason I didn't have a lot of bad things to say is because I surrounded myself with great people. I've always had good assistance. All of my success, every success that I've ever had was a direct correlation with the players and the coaches that I had on my staff. Barry, we could do this all night, and I know I know I can talk, and I know you can talk just a little bit. So I'm going to uh, ask you what what is it a, a additional piece of advice you can give our recruit me student athletes and their parents that maybe we didn't go over? Well, I, I think this quit quit getting stuck. Uh, this is this is a common this is a common thread with parents. The common denominator should be: I want my son or daughter to be happy, and I want them to get an education. And it would be great if they could get it paid for or partially paid for. Quit 
being hung up on, I want to be at the division one level. I've seen so many kids and families that were hung up on the division one level that they missed out on playing at the division two or even at a division three. Uh, for example, the state of Missouri, Wash U is just as hard, if not harder than Harvard and a great university to play at as far as college basketball. But you can't get hung up on that. And the most of the time they're hung up on it is because their mom or dad want to have that opportunity to brag that their son or daughter is at the Division I level. Every level is okay. If your son or daughter can get their education paid for and play a sport in which they love, then that's the place they need to be. And the only other advice that I can give parents, that, and I believe this until the day I die, if your son or daughter is not having fun, then they need to stop because life is too short. You got to have fun, Brent. You got to have fun. And if they're not having fun, they won't get better. They won't be better academically. They won't be better in the middle part of the game. It will absolutely destroy their lives. And parents, in this day and age, mental health is such a big thing. Our young people today are constantly challenged more than we can ever imagine than what you and I and our parents dealt with when they went to school. The pressure that these young people deal with on a daily basis are magnified tremendously from what we had to do. And I would advise parents to keep an eye on their children. Rick Wesley, which you know, used to be on my staff at, at Southwest Missouri State. Rick Wesley said, I never forget the greatest advice he could give a father with two daughters. He said, you better love them, hug them every day, because if you don't, they're going to find it somewhere else. Well, Coach Henson, thank you very much for all your information, and we might have to give you a call back here a little bit later and, and do this again. Brent, you feel free to do so. Thank you so much, and uh, I, I wish the best. Thank you, Coach. I want to thank Coach Barry Henson for taking time out of his day and time out of his duties with Oklahoma State's men's basketball to give us a boatload of recruiting, college, and life information. The last 10 episodes of 2020 had the 10 myths about athletic scholarships from the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. So to start 2021, I'm going to dip into Appendix C of the Recruit Me 3.0 system for frequently asked questions. These questions are from student athletes and parents. I hope you find this Q&A section helpful. Here are actually two questions from Appendix C. Question. I'm graduating this month, but I still want to try for a football scholarship. What do I do, even though I'm so late? Answer. Here's our advice. You might go to a junior college while you begin the recruiting process for admission to a four-year school for a year or two. You might get exposure and build your player skills and stats there, which will assist you in your football scholarship process. You'll also have another coach and even a higher level that can give you a reference and recommendation. The second question. My son's coach wants to write him a letter of recommendation. How important is this in the recruiting process? Answer. That's good about your son's coach writing a letter of recommendation. It sure is a plus. Strategically, it will be best to send it when you send your introductory letter so that you have everything together in one mailing. Otherwise, the coaches may not match up the two. They get a lot of mail and email. To get all these questions and all the answers, go to recruit-me.com backslash system and check out the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. If you want to save thousands of dollars and a lot of time, the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System is for you. The Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System is a step-by-step -step instructional manual, video, and audio that will walk you through the recruiting process. You can get the whole system for only $127 and you have a 90-day money-back guarantee. So there's no reason not to give it a try now. Go to recruit-me.com backslash system. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next week.